Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Irvin Magic Johnson with all the cutting-edge information. My Washington Commanders turned the ball over six times a day and gave the Giants 24 points off turnovers. We lost 31 to 19. Thank you. Is it a bit at this point? I I don't know. Is he just messing with us? Is he like Thurman Merman in Bad Santa? If you've never seen that, you need to see it. Are you messing with me? It's it's amazing. It really is. Uh, I, I don't I don't understand it. And it's like, has anyone asked him yet? I feel like publicly, like in an interview, like, hey, your tweets are so Captain Obvious. Do you realize that the public makes fun of you for how obvious they are? I feel like I haven't even heard him address it yet. I wonder if anyone would have the guts to do it because, number one, he is a giant. He is, yes. And number two, he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. And he gives you that big smile. Yeah. Could you really sit across from him and say, hey, Magic, let's have a conversation about <laughs> your tweets? Is this real? <laughs> like, do you understand that it's so obvious that it's become something that – and it's funny because it's gone from being he's the butt of the joke to people like it. People are – it's like when I hated the Philly quarterback push play. The touch But push? I got – I don't like that name. Why? What the – I just don't like – I don't like it's too cutesy. It's the quarterback push play to me. But I got used to it, and I welcome it like a catchphrase from a TV show. You get used to it. You right. develop a liking for right. it. So I like these Magic Johnson tweets. I like the fact that he can craft something that is so obvious it's laughable. There's an art to it. There really is. Yeah. No, I, I guess there is. I mean, we're talking about it. but It seems like we talk about it every other week. Uh, I, I don't understand it, but either way, I think you could butter him up and ask Magic. You got, you got him right. Hey, great sky hook to win that. NBA finals. Give hey, him a bottle of something he likes hey, to drink. What the Here hell you with go. your tweets? I yeah. think you just got to go in like that. Let's go to that football game, though. Let's my do man, it. Yo, Tommy DeVito from New Jersey. He's been eating chicken palm all week and he was ready to go against the Commanders, baby. It was the Lufthansa heist. I think I'm saying that right. 
Right okay, Lutanza Heist. That's right. That's from the Goodfellas for all those youngsters out there that don't know. Tommy DeVito helped rob you know, the big all the jewelry from JFK Airports. Great it story. Was cash. It, it was, was the cash. Heist ever. At the that's time. right. Right. So there you go. Thank you for settling the score straight there. But the Giants. I mean, first off, Tommy DeVito. Some game plan plays by Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka got Tommy DeVito confident. Got them confident in now letting him throw the ball and taking the training wheels off a little bit. And then, I mean, you talk about stealing. What? We stole from the commanders all day. Six turnovers? Are you kidding me? Six turnovers, three interceptions, four fumbles. Wink Martindale making defense, making plays all over the place. Washington moved the ball, made a lot of big plays, but you turned the ball over six times and you give the ball to Tommy Chicken Parm DeVito too many times, he's going to make you pay. Well, and they had five sacks in the first quarter, and he didn't get rattled. He didn't get jumpy. He Nine didn't get sacks the overall. Accelerated clock right, in his head. Yeah. He still trusted what he was doing. It's amazing. And you mentioned game plan plays. Yeah. The long pass to Darius Slayton yes. was a game plan play. Exactly. We talked, I talked right? to him about that. Yeah. That it was set up. That's, they that's, knew this what is they an were example, get. folks, right. of what we talk about right. when you see an offense that has no identity, no rhythm, no plan. They've been doing the run to the left, the run to the left, the run to the left. Play action. They're playing us this way. They're getting over aggressive. And, now it's time to call it. Slayton got lost in the secondary, right, and right. he was wide open right. because they were ready for that thing that we've been doing all game. Yeah, That's right. We happens. gave them this. We gave them this. Yeah. We gave them this. And then we have that to go off of it. And Slayton makes it look like the run and then kind of acts like he's blocking down and then kind of sneaks out the back in a shallow cross and wheels up the backside, gets an easy touchdown there. But, yeah, you're right. And then, hey, the Saquon Barkley touchdown, his first touchdown pass, similar thing as well where you know they knew the coverage they were getting. They knew it was man-to-man. You know, I think through their game planning it all week, they dial up the right play. Now Saquon Barkley's matched up on a linebacker, one-on-one going down the right sidelines. Tommy DeVito throws him a nice ball. So he gets two touchdown passes early, even though he's getting sacked. And I think that you know gave him confidence and allowed the Giants, hey, a few weeks in practice, we've seen them you know, get better. And they opened up the playbook just enough, at least, to get it going. And then Saquon Barkley got it going as the game went along to run the ball. There is a key difference, though, between the Lufthansa heist that you referred to from yesterday yeah. and the one that happened in Goodfellas. Because in the one in Goodfellas, Ray Liotta, who played Henry Hill, found out about the Lufthansa heist while in an operating shower. The yes. showers yesterday weren't operating. That's the <laughs> difference. Good tie together yes. there. And I asked Tommy DeVito about it. At first, there was no hot water. Then there was none. Wow. He didn't make it in before the water crapped out. He said he was trying to wash himself in the sink, oh. which I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I want to say it. I'm not saying it. And then guys were squirting themselves with water bottles. And I mean, you've been there. You've done that. The idea of playing a game like that on grass, stinky, smelly, d- dirty, and you got to go home without the opportunity to wash a, your body. You got to sit in the plane with, you know, it, it's the stickiness of your taped ankles. You're musty. You're sweaty. You got bruises and scabs everywhere oh, that you God. don't get. Like, it's, it's a and disaster. And you got mad at me for using the word diaper last week and you give me this visual of well, bruises it, and that, scabs that, that, and open wounds it's and- inexcusable that's the second time this year we haven't had showers working in an nfl football game okay the hall of fame game and now this that that, that can't happen in nfl football well that's but if, if if you told me right. yesterday that at one of the nfl stadiums the showers would stop working that would be the one that would have been the one yeah 
I wouldn't I think, have needed a second guess. I, I think that'd be the one you'd pick. It would have been of, minus twenty eight hundred. Oakland Coliseum out of the fold. You're right. Well, now, I yeah. would have picked that. Yeah. Yes. Without question. Yeah. All right. Uh, first one for me, and you know I don't like these cutesy things, but. Purdy perfect. You like that? That's <laughs> something like you'd that. say and I'd he say. He doesn't oh, like yeah. tush push, but he likes Purdy perfect. Hey, 158.3 passer rating. Yeah. I still love the idea that perfection as it relates to the NFL's longstanding formula for passing efficiency is, is a not just, you know, not a, a number that ends in zero. There's a decimal point a involved. Point in 158.3 is perfect. First time since 89. Yeah, Joe Montana. When both Montana and Steve Young did it the same year. Wow. In 1989. That's what I thought someone said yesterday. I, I don't, don't see so. I don't see Young's name here. Well, no. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna check it. I no. thought I saw I'm I thought I saw Joe Montana here. and Steve it's Young. Joe Montana. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Montana, I don't. I mean, Joe, Steve Young did it. I think maybe at some other time in the maybe mid to late nineties. Well, it can't. Well, it, but but but. Oh, you're right. It can't be. It's 89. You're right. Yeah, it wasn't. It's just Joe Montana. All right. I'm going to check it out during a break. Either way, pay some homage to these highlights. Hey, they're getting it done. Well, (laughs) we're trying to figure out who had a perfect passer rating. Brock Purdy did. And this game kind of went how I thought. Look, if you have your key players healthy, and they are, Brock Purdy, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, do we throw Dre Greenlaw? I, there I would. Well? You're right. He's a difference maker. Those guys healthy. Yeah. You're going to win right. every game. Right. You're unstoppable. You're going to win the Super Bowl. But the problem is you're not going to keep those guys healthy. At some point, one of those key guys is going to get injured. The question is, does it reach critical mass and get so many of them injured that you start losing again? That's the key. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, hopefully they can control football games the way they do to where that doesn't become an issue or they can just survive the injury bug here. Coming off you know, a bye week, they still should be a, a fresh team here just two weeks after the bye week. You know, But Purdy... You know, just I, you mentioned the right things. And when Shanahan has the full cast of characters, he makes it tough on you because he just gives you so many things to defend and he knows how to feature all the weapons. The thing I like about Purdy, and this is the thing I, I tried to say to people during the losing streak, right? Purdy, during that losing streak, had moments in the Vikings and the Bengals game where you go, these aren't like Shanahan delivering plays for him. He's making plays on his own he's making big time throws in the pocket there was a silver lining even though he had some late game mistakes and all that there was still a lot to go man if the 49ers run game doesn't work or Shanahan's not having his best day Purdy can still kind of ball out and kind of overcome all that uh and not to say that that was the the case yesterday but I I think the confidence in the 49ers and, you know, what they have in Purdy and the fact that they yesterday, hey, running the ball is going to be a little tough. So what? We're going to throw the ball and and be explosive that way behind Brock Purdy's right arm. I think that's what's impressive there about the 49ers. They were rolling yesterday. Their defense is secondary, still something to watch out for, right? I think that's – we know they can rush the passer. Baker Mayfield and company did have some – you know, big plays, attacking the corners on the outside. I don't think they're all short up on that end, but, damn, it's a, it's a good start for the 49ers after their bye two weeks ago. By the way, football historian. Yeah. October 22, 1989. Yeah, Falcons. 49ers. No, no. No? 49ers, New England Patriots. That was, that was the game for Young? No. No? Yeah, okay. 11 for 12 with Steve Young that day for 188 yards, three touchdown passes, 
a passer rating of one five eight. Wow. Point three. Wow. So he he didn't start that game though. Okay. That's what I was Montana say. started that game right. and he left with one eleven. I don't know whether he got injured or what. They won thirty seven to twenty over New England. And so NWE, later I assume, in the is year, New England. Montana did it. Montana did it. Elsewhere the in the Falcons, year. I let's think see. It was. Let's see. One fifty-eight point three. Right. It was against the Falcons in a forty-five to three win. Right. Sixteen for nineteen, two seventy and three. One fifty-eight point three. Yeah, Joe Montana won the MVP of football that year. Of course, they won their fourth Super Bowl and beat the Broncos. That game was over and yeah, made eight-year-old right Chris warm-ups. Sims cry because <laughs> at some point along the way, beat the Giants. Oh, they they did. beat the Giants in the playoffs. They beat the Giants in a Monday Night Football game when you know I don't know the Giants might have been like nine and two or nine and three, and the 49ers were ten and two, thirty-four twenty-four. They won that. And then that was the year where the Giants lost to the Rams and, and Flipper Anderson caught the pass in overtime and ran into the tunnel, and that was a sad day. Um, all right, so back to the current status of the NFL. And my next superlative will be not so bland, okay? <laughs> not so bland at all. And that goes to Deron Bland of the Dallas Cowboys, who is, I mean, this is continuing from last year. A guy that can be trusted on the island as much as some of the superstar corners in football right now. Tremendous ball skills, tremendous man-to-man skills, and Deron Bland, another pick six. You know, the, the, uh, most pick six in a season, right? That's four this year, right? So that yes. ties, I believe, the all-time record in NFL history. This play here, I think phenomenal. it sets it. Sets it. Did it set it? I think it set it. Okay, I thought it tied it. Uh, see, there we go. It's, si- it's tied. tied. Stop messing with me in football Well, history. I don't know. Listen, I was right about Steve Young, and everybody <laughs> said I was wrong, so don't doubt me on this either, okay. people. All right. Well, you're okay, wrong it's about tied. this one. It's tied. <laughs> uh, but, but Dallas, the defense, I mean, just to talk about Deron Bland, of course, a big part of it, but Dallas defense smothering. Right? Carolina uh, never really got in a rhythm offensively throughout the day. Bryce Young is harassed. Right? They ran the ball a little bit. They did do that, had some success in the first half that allowed them to, to hang around. But 17-3 at halftime, long field, you know, long touchdown drive by Carolina in the third quarter. They climbed back in the game at 17-10 to as like Dallas's offense was sputtering a little bit. But then Dallas goes right down the football field. Tony Pollard runs. Dak Prescott playing very good football as well. Uh, they put Carolina away. You never felt like Dallas was really in any threat in this football game. And before the game, the biggest news of the day, when Fox's pregame show cut to Jerry Jones being interviewed at the stadium in Carolina with Jimmy Johnson there. Yeah. Thinking, Wait a minute. They're in Carolina. Like, right. And Jimmy Johnson's usually in studio. Why is he in Carolina? Why is he face-to-face with Jerry Jones? And they both have microphones, and they're talking to each other. And Fred Gadelli said right away, he's going to put him in the ring of honor. And that's where it all led. It took a while to get there, as it often does with Jerry Jones. But eventually the plane landed, and Jimmy Johnson entering the ring of honor. As Jones said, December 30th, 1923. And Johnson said, I hope you mean 2023. That is the day it will happen. December 30th of 2023, not 1923. Better late than never, but it was very late in this case. Johnson should have been in a long time ago. All right. My last one, lesson learned the Jaguars. We said last week after getting stomped by the 49ers, are they going to learn what it takes to be an elite team? Are they going to rise up from this? And look at what they did. They kicked the caca out of the Tennessee Titans. This is what good teams do. They give us nothing to talk about because they steamroll lesser opposition. Sure. 
And I don't know where the Titans go from here. The Titans thing is falling apart. People are wondering, are they going to fire Mike Vrabel? Hell, I think Vrabel would like to go coach the Patriots if it comes to that, and he may want out. Who knows? I just feel like something's going on with these Titans. How can you not think that? I had heard about frustrations because Vrabel thought they were not trying to win, not prioritizing winning, and you know now they're not winning. And to go get embarrassed like that, 20-point loss, Trevor Lawrence was great. A couple of catches by Calvin Ridley in the end zone. A couple of runs, right, by Trevor Lawrence as yeah, well. Yeah, two. Yeah, two touchdowns. And, you know, we, 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 forced, we forced positive change last week because Lawrence was off the injury report because of his knee. And then Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence both spoke on Wednesday about how the knee was still bothering him. And I asked the NFL about it. And I said, you know, basically, I'm just checking. What are you going to do? Well, they've revised their injury report, and they put him back on it. <laughs> That's not exactly the kind of punishment that will keep other teams from taking liberties with the injury report. But it was nice to know. When I saw the revised injury report, it was nice to know we did that. Yeah, we we, did. we definitely put the pressure on. Hopefully we continue to do that. And the NFL's got to do right in that situation. You know it's coming. We yeah. haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. The Joe Burrow thing, and I've had people reach out and thank us, number one, for holding the NFL and the Bengals accountable because of the wrist wrap that was yeah, we videotaped and then deleted. And we talked right. about it on Thursday, and right. then the wrist goes on Thursday. And I heard from a guy in the U.K. was like, thank you so much for talking about that. I bet big on the Ravens yeah. as you guys were talking about right, that. Right. But th- you've talked about how there's just folks sitting around with money to burn who are looking for someone to sue. They're, they're, it's going to happen. These games, they're playing with the injury report and not enforcing the rules and just looking the other way when teams violate it. It's going to blow up in their yeah, faces. And I we're still it. only four days into right. this. The statute of limitations is at least a year, if not longer. They have something to worry about with this Burrow thing. Anyway, yeah. uh, the Jaguars, less to worry about. They've recovered from that blowout loss, and they're back in the right spot, and they could really carry – Seeing what it's, you said it last week, seeing how the 49ers the play, what it level. takes. Yeah. To, and that's what we have to be. That's where we have to go if we're going to be a great team. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they realize that. You know, another game where, like we talked about with Dallas a second ago, Jacksonville kind of smothered the Tennessee Titans. You could tell early on, Will Levis, the Titan, Titans offense, wasn't going to be able to do a whole lot against this Jaguars defense. He was under pressure. They can't get a run game going right now. You know, there was all that. Jacksonville controlled the game. Lawrence was very good. They didn't run the ball great. They're a pretty balanced football team. I will say there's something missing about the Jacksonville offense, right? I can't quite put my hand on it. It's very good. They got everything. I think, you know, it's it's like even yesterday settling for field goal on a few drives or they drive down the field. There's been a little too much of that all year. They're a team that I look at like how we talked about with the Giants early on where I, I don't know what it is. Jacksonville, I like the meat and potatoes of their offense. They got to find a few ways, I think, to come up with some game plan big pass plays every now and then. I think that's what I, I'm coming to when I'm I'm trying to kind of figure it out with them a little bit. You know, try to manipulate a few more big plays, you know, in their offense to where their meat and potatoes of their offense has a little more effect than what it does. Uh, because they do go through some stale parts or some moments of, wait, you look like a machine driving down the football field. Now you can't punch it in the end zone. There's some of that. It's still a really good performance. Uh, but, yeah, those are just one of, the, one of the things that bothers me about them a little bit. They're just kind of hanging around. Yeah. Hanging around yeah. and winning games, and you just have to factor them in. It's the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Browns. Those are the teams. And the Ravens, the Ravens too, but the Browns are the team that's just kind of like, 
watch yeah, right, right. where they go. They're lurking in the shadows. Yeah. yeah. And you talked about the Mike Vrabel thing. For anybody to be talking about firing Mike Vrabel is insane. Oh, I don't think they you should, know? but I think yeah. he may decide I've had enough. May, maybe. Uh, hopefully here he's got a blank canvas to start to retool, reorganize this football team. Again, there was a lot of mistakes and things that were done to that roster that Mike Vrabel had no control of over the last three or four years where I'd go, yeah, they didn't help the football team. Draft picks, bad free agent signings, trades, whatever. We could sit here and start to go a laundry list of going, why did the Titans make that move? Why did they pick that guy? Why did they give that guy money? You can go through it, and I could give you Why did mul- they trade A.J. Brown? Right, exactly. There's multiple examples every year, and – you know, the offense is not the same right now. We know there's still weapon problems on the outside. Their offensive line's not as good. It's a rookie quarterback and all that. Let's give Mike Vrabel a year free agency, a draft, all that, see if he can retool this team and then reevaluate. It would there. be ludicrous, ludicrous, beyond ludicrous for the Titans to make a move. My point is this. Yeah. If the Patriots end up without a coach, and they will most likely, if Vrabel feels that giant magnet, pull him back yeah. to Foxborough, right. that's going to be an issue. And yeah. maybe whatever whatever draft pick the Patriots can finagle, sending Bill Belichick to the Buccaneers, the Commanders, the Chargers, wherever, that maybe draft pick get gets Vrabel. sent to the Titans for Vrabel. Yeah. Who knows? But if he truly wants out, he's got that force of personality where he could go to ownership and say, I just – this, this just isn't – we've done right. this. This isn't working. Yeah. I'm not happy. I'll stay here if you want me to not be happy. Yeah. I'll stay here as long as you want if you want me to not be happy, and I'll gladly take your money. But I don't think you deserve that. You need somebody who wants to be here and is fully invested, and I just don't feel it anymore. It's gone. Yeah. Irreconcilable right. differences, right. whatever. It's gone. All right, we're, we're gone, but, but just for a minute. The Bills somehow responded to a nutty week by getting a much-needed win. Oh, here's how it happened. They played the Jets. That's how it happened. More PFT Live right after this. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What did Coach Dahl tell you guys after this game? Uh, I was using the restroom all night. You know, so I gotta, uh, when I get back in the house, I'm kind of... 
Quentin Williams, my second favorite Quentin Williams soundbite of all time. What did Coach Sala say after game? I don't know. I was in the restroom. Remember the time that he was being asked about Kyler Murray when he was playing at Alabama? Orange Bowl. And his brain short-circuited because he knew if he said one more word, Nick Saban was never going to let him hear the end of it. He started talking about Kyler Murray. Going to say something like, we've seen And he just stopped. He just was like, and that was it. It was an all-time moment. I love Quentin was, Williams. That's the second best moment there. They didn't hear the coach, what the coach said. He had to use the restroom. When you got to go, you got to go. Well, and you know what? Uh, there really isn't much to say after yesterday's game. They all should have stayed in the restroom. Well, they all should have stayed in the locker room and never come out. The Bills thumped the Jets 32-6. to And the problem is, mentioned this earlier, that defense can only do yeah. what it's doing for yeah. so long. If it's not getting any help, there's a point where you just say, why are we putting ourselves through this? I was so impressed by that game against the Chargers two weeks ago when they kept going and going and going, and they're making big plays late, and there's no way you guys are scoring 14 more points. Yeah. The dam breaks at some point, right. mentally. Right. We saw it, I think, starting last week against the Raiders on yep. Sunday night, yep. and yesterday, 32-6, to it's like, this Jets defense doesn't give up 32 points. This Jets defense gives up 32 when it just realizes once they get seven, yeah, they're we're flabbergasted. Done. Throw the hands up. I mean, we give up hope. I mean, there's only, uh, you know, like we talk about, I don't care how good your defense is. When you're out there every four plays, right? It's like, hey, we make a stop. Oh, wait, our, de- our offense goes three and out. Hey, we're back on again. I don't care who you are. This is the NFL. It's not college football. You're going to get worn down, and like you said, eventually the dam's going to break and the flood's going to start, and that's kind of what happened in this one, let alone the game starts with them fumbling the opening kickoff return and letting Buffalo get a little lead and momentum, right? I think the big thing with the football game, we know the Jets' offense stinks, right? Nothing's going to change there. I think that yesterday might have been the last time we see Zach Wilson. I wouldn't be shocked if they made a change this week officially. All right. The other thing is, I think the big thing everybody wants to talk about is what was the Bills' offense? Was it how different was it under Joe Brady under compared to Ken Dorsey? Listen, I don't think it was different at all. There was nothing different, right? I think the 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 thing you can look at more than anything is maybe there just was patience. Right? Josh Allen was patient. He understood, hey, we're playing the Jets. Their offense stu- stinks. I'm not going to force any balls here. I'm just going to continue to, like, let this game play out. If we got to settle for field goals, okay, so be it. We'll slowly start working the ball, and, you know, we'll wear the Jets out to well we start scoring touchdowns instead of getting field goals. And I think that's where, you know, there was a difference in this football game as compared to, you know, Josh Allen, what we've seen over the last two weeks, being a little loose with the football and trying to make things happen. Uh, but I don't know if there was anything schematically different to look at or go, ooh, they're going to play this style of football now. That that was not the case. Well, they ripped out the play in the playbook that results in 17 points being scored if it's run successfully. Sure, right. right? That right. desperation, just yeah. that sense that right. everyone had, that there's a magic moment out there that takes a close game and turns it into a blowout. That's on how it's earned one yard at a time. And you've got to take the short stuff, to set up the long stuff. It's a lot of what Patrick Mahomes has dealt with. Yes, right. Mahomes wants to show what he can do. When you're good at something, you don't want to not do it. Hey, you know what? I'm really good at this, but you know what? One of these days, maybe you'll see it. No, you want you want to lead with that. This right. is what I'm good at. This is what I do. This is my purpose. I throw the ball really far, really fast, and accurately. Right. And I'd like to be able to do that, please. Right. Can we please do that? I don't want to hand it off. I don't want to throw a little dink and dunk, but you got to do that. You got to eat your meat and potatoes before you can enjoy your dessert. And that's part of what we saw yesterday. Is it sustainable? I don't know. Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys are the next three games for the Bills. But 
at least it was something. At least it had some sort of an impact where, you know, since we're talking about movies from yesteryear, when Cher slaps Nicolas Cage and says, snap out of it. I mean, this snapped him out of it. That was the slap in the face. Sure, Firing sure. Joe, uh, Ken Dorsey was the slap in the face to Nicolas Cage that snapped the offense out of it, at least for now. Yeah. And Maybe got them to understand, them straight, right? here's what we got to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. Hey, look, folks, if they don't get this figured out, they're all getting fired. And if you're Josh Allen and you're anybody on that team, you're thinking, who knows what happens if we bring in an entirely new dynamic? There may be some guys on the offense saying, well, maybe we should. But yesterday was the first step toward fixing it, figuring it out. Yeah. But the big test comes next week against the Eagles. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good start, right? But I'm not sitting here ready to go, oh, the Bills got it all figured out. Not against the Jets, right? Not, not against that offense and their inability to do anything. But I do give Allen. He threw one interception. It was a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. For the most part, he played really clean football, didn't take any chances, right? And then, of course, made a few plays. Let the game come to him, I think, as compared to, like you're saying, trying to make it happen. Wear him out, wear him out, wear him out. Oh, there goes Khalil Shakir down the seam. I can throw a laser here. It's not reckless. It's aggressive. And boom, all of a sudden, it's a 81-yard touchdown pass. And now the floodgates are totally open, and we're, we're hitting on all cylinders there on the offensive side of the ball. I like Khalil Shakir. I think he's the second-best receiver on the Bills. I think it should be him and Diggs on the outside. They Is he win. 1B? He, <laughs> not exactly, but I think they have something in a guy, you know, what we've talked about here, where he's shown us a few times over the last few weeks, where he can do something after the catch and make some plays, right? So hopefully this gets you know everybody back on track on the offensive side of the ball. Good start for Josh Allen, and you know I just didn't like some of the criticism of Josh Allen last week. Josh Allen is the last problem that the Buffalo Bills have. He is the greatest asset in their whole franchise. There has been no more burden put on one quarterback in football over the last two to three years than what's been put on Josh Allen. His running, what he's expected to do in the pass game, it's not the most creative offense in the world. The talent around him is overrated. It's all Josh Allen. And that is like to anybody I talk to in football that plays against him, watches it, whatever, that's a feeling that not only I have, it's a sentiment that a lot of people have. I know there's been turnovers. I get it. But for every you know turnover, there's also like 10 great plays that go along with it. So that's going to be a part of the push and pull with a, with a Josh Allen as we go forward. He's thrown more interceptions since, than anybody in football since 2020. He's also thrown or has 18 more touchdowns than any quarterback since 2020 in football. So, again, you've got to take a, good, a little good with the bad, and especially with their offense and the, the lack of talent, there's going to be more on him to make the plays. But I still think at some point it sticks to him, and it was starting to stick yeah, to him Yeah, it's starting to week. stick. And right. at some point, like I said, and whether it's him or this quarterback we're going to talk about next segment, you've got all the skills, you've got all the talent. Yeah. The job is more than that. You are not just someone who throws a football. You are someone who leads a team, who finds a way to hold people accountable, who gets them to elevate their performance – and rally around you and let you be the general. You run and right. you lead them, and you expect them to come with you. He, you expect them to live up to you your If you go standard. to Buffalo, this is my problem. Is this is, it's a lot of unqualified people who don't know who they're talking about that are setting the narrative on this, and that's what I don't like. That's where I don't who? get it. 
right? All right, people on the four-letter network and some of all of those. I just look at them and they're, they're constantly beaten down. I watch Stephen A. Smith. Josh Allen's the problem. He's a huge name in the sports media world, right? He's wrong. He's not the problem. He's the least of their problems. They set a narrative that sticks that's not exactly fair, where if I sat down with some of these people who set the narrative and we watched film all year, you'd go, not many people open. No run game. The whole game plan is about stop Josh Allen and Buffalo has no other card or any other angle to turn in to go, okay, well, if you're going to go all in on this, we have that to compound it. They don't have that, and that's where I'm, I fight, it, fight against that. I think it's more than X's and O's and more than what happens on the field, though. It's about demanding that they do better planning and using him, do better with the guys they have. The Peyton Manning mindset, I'm going to take this place over. I want to see a little more of that from him. And maybe that'll be coaxed out of him by yeah, Joe Brady or by be. the circumstances. Right. Maturity. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Each year I'm getting closer to the end. And I'm not even at one Super Bowl. Jim Kelly's got four. Jim Kelly had an open letter yesterday. Sal Palantonio had it on ESPN to the Bills and to Josh Allen and keep fighting and all the cliches that are aimed at, you know, getting everybody in the right spot. But at some point, he's, it's like, you know, I can do this part of the job. There's more to the job sure. that I need to do better at sure. to get guys to respond the way they need to and to hold guys accountable and to get them to step up and to get the organization to step up with me. I, uh, I think he's a good go. soldier. Maybe a little too good that way. He needs way. to be a good general. But you go up there everywhere, and nobody will talk about he's not an unbelievable leader and a teammate needs, or anything like needs that. To, needs to take over. Yeah. I just think – and this is, a, this is not a compliment. This is not a criticism. This is just a reality. If, Josh, Josh, you want to get to where you want to be, you got to take over. No one else is going to do it for you. You're the man. You've got the skills. You've got the voice. Stand up and make it happen like Peyton Manning would. All right, let's take a break. Brandon Staley, is he taking a permanent break from the Chargers? Maybe he should sooner than later. More PFT Live right after this. I have full confidence in our way of playing. Full confidence in myself as the play caller, in the way that we teach, in the way that we scheme. Full confidence in that. we got to bring this group together and do it consistently. Okay, And that's where it's at. So you can stop asking that question. Okay, I'm going to be calling the defenses. Okay? So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. It's not quite up there with playoffs, or they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook, but it's one of those sound what bites. What was the question? Do you know? I think they're asking about whether he's going to give up the defensive play power to duties? call the defensive plays. Right. After 38, no, 41 against the Lions, yeah. and then yesterday the loss to a Packers offense that has been largely inept right. post-Aaron Rodgers, right. a game that the Chargers desperately need. Look, when you have Justin Herbert yeah. and all the other stars they have, I was saying this last night, they are the best dysfunctional team in the NFL. Yeah, right. That's a good way to say it. They have so many stars and they can't deliver. Yep. And in this year in the AFC, with the quarterback injuries, with the mediocrity, with teams falling off, why in the hell are they not – in the thick of things? Why are they not in the seventh spot right now or the sixth spot? Because they have their guy, their guy they paid a pile of money to. You've got a franchise quarterback, and Deshaun Watson's hurt. Joe Burrow's hurt. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. The Bills are kind of finding their way. The Steelers' offense stinks. How are the Chargers yeah. not in More this. of a player, right? How is yeah. this not the case? And I wonder how high up the ladder the dysfunction goes. Because with some of these teams, the owner skates 
from authority. And just because the name Spanos has been part of the fabric of the NFL for so long, we just assume it's fine. Maybe it's not. Maybe ownership's the problem. Maybe they're the ones that need to turn some tables over and fire some people and bring in someone who runs the whole show. You know, there's talk about Belichick going there. I don't know that Belichick would want to go there, but you know what? I'd want to go coach Justin Herbert because if I'm ever going to get back to the kind of team that I once had, I get a lump of clay like Justin Herbert and I mold him into the image of Tom Brady. I think Justin Herbert, like Josh Allen, does not want to be the straw that stirs the drink. He wants to go with the rest of the particles of the liquid, but he's the most potent piece they have. Sure. They need somebody who can lead that team. They need somebody who can inspire him to be the best version of himself and become a great leader. And they're just spinning their wheels every year. It's always something. They're spinning their wheels. It's injuries. It's ineffectiveness. It's this. It's that. But Brandon Staley, and again, who knows what ownership is going to do? He's, they could add Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh last year. Yeah. We know not that, not that I'm saying that you know they should have hired Jim Harbaugh. They could have had Sean Payton, and look yeah. at what Sean Payton's doing with Russell yeah, sure. Wilson. Right. And so now I don't know who they would get if they go after Ben Johnson, even though he's not a proven commodity as a head coach. But it just feels like that. Just felt like the the walls are. Caving it felt in, like a guy who knows it's pressure. over, right. and he's I'm just venting because I know it's over and yeah. I got nowhere to go. So I'm just going to vent a little bit because, yeah, the walls are squishing. Yeah, him. yeah, I, I, it, it's a tough situation. The pressure is on him. We know there's probably a spotlight on him more than anybody. I mean, uh, the Chargers doing Chargers things, the Chargers chargering. Those are like the, like real sayings in the in the sports media world right now. And that's because they find ways to screw things up or not look as impressive as they should. They're not as tough and as gritty, right? He's a defensive head coach, and their defense sucks, plain and simple. But, I mean, you want to talk about the game, they're going to be sick today. Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen drops a wide-open touchdown pass. They settle for a field goal. They're on the three-yard line. Austin Eckler fumbles, running into the end zone. Uh, at the end of the football game, we see Quentin Johnson here. Got a chance to get in field goal position with that throw right there. Drop the pass. It's just, it's the, it's Asante Samuel pass interference on third and 20, right? It's mistakes that, you know, of course fall back on the head coach and that we just see repetitively too much. So you start to go, wait, they're not being coached out of this. And then you talk about it. The talent on the football team is better than what they show on the football field. They've lost four out of the last six. They got a lot of difference-making players on the defensive side. The defense is pitiful. And then they have a superstar quarterback where, yeah, he's not a leader. I don't know if he'll ever be, you know, the F.U. Peyton Manning type of guy, right? I don't know if that's in him. We'll see. But either way, there's got to be some leadership or something on that side of the ball that jumpstarts them too, and they're never great at running the football. They don't have great weapons at receiver. they got good receivers right now. But it's disappointing that they're this talented of a football team, and here they are at 4-6. and six. If I was a Chargers fan, it would drive me yeah. crazy because you look at the roster and you say, this team should contend. This team, if everything worked right, would be among the best in the NFL. But it's always something – it's usually injuries, but even without injuries, yeah. it's still they just can't they never deliver. They the should have won that game beat, yesterday. Or that yeah. they're equal to, right? I know they beat the Bears and the Jets, right? And we know they have severe issues with their football team. That's great. But the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Lions, and then on the road in Green Bay, where that's a game that they should have won and should beat Green Bay, you know, they, yes, 
But there you go. Jordan Love against that defense has his, maybe his best game of his career to this point, makes a lot of big throws. I mean, they're giving reverses to Jaden Reed. He's going down the side. Nobody touches him. Two-hand touch game. It's a reverse. It's Jaden Reed. He's not exactly Tyree Kill yet. Just nobody touches him. You know, people wide open everywhere. So, yeah, there's things that you, you got to be concerned about when you watch the Chargers. We're not just upset because we both picked the Chargers to win, but that is part of it. We both picked the Chargers to win, and we are a little upset. More PFT Live right after that. I don't care about that one. Man, Steph Curry don't ever stop shooting. I'm going to keep I'm keeping letting it ride, you know. Um, and I, and I'm, I don't got no shame in my game. I definitely got to be smarter, but – um, I don't like I don't know confidence is taken away from me. CJ Stroud, Texans quarterback, who did not have his best game of his career yesterday, but he didn't need to because when the chips were down, that defense stepped up three times in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They Big stopped plays. the Cardinals on fourth down. Right. Getting after Kyler Murray using that D'Amico Ryan's history. You know, D'Amico Ryan's had been with the 49ers the entirety of Kyler Murray's career right. in the NFL. And before that, he got started coaching with the 49ers and just wrote it out until he was ready to become a head coach. But Will Anderson told me they looked at film of what worked, what didn't work against Kyler Murray in he the past. The and they, they put it together. And he said it was about the pass rushers staying disciplined, staying in their lanes, rushing as one. Yes. Not right. four guys freelancing, rush as one and just close the walls in. We talk about the walls closing in on Brandon Staley. They close the walls in on Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's right. Let's show that clip, that highlight package again. You know, it's again. We've talked about this with Josh Allen when teams play the Buffalo Bills, but watch Will Anderson here. He doesn't go upfield. He stops when he gets to the depth of Kyler Murray, right? So then you can close it in instead of flying by him and giving him some huge gap to step up into and now run or attack the line of scrimmage and make some great throw. Will Anderson... That was pick number three in the draft, right? He saves the day on this one. That was the Cardinals pick. It was kind of ironic, don't you think? I do. <laughs> uh, but, hey, uh, you know, it, unbelievable what Houston's doing. Running the ball because their offensive line's getting healthy. They're getting scary in that department. C.J. Stroud was his phenomenal self for the most part in the first half of the game and made some unbelievable throws. But, yeah, to, yesterday was the first time we saw him. He had the one interception down the red zone where – it was a guy running a shallow cross. It was tight coverage. The ball got popped in the end zone. And then the other two were just maybe a little too brave, feeling themselves going, damn, I've hit every bullseye in the world. Maybe I could hit it one more time. Uh, it led to some bad things. But the Texans showing their complete team, and they can do it more than C.J. Stroud. Exactly right. And here come the Jaguars yeah. on Big Sunday right. in Houston. The Texans beat the Jaguars by 20 in Jacksonville back in week three. Be amazing. Great yeah. game this weekend. Yeah. And, and you Aaron, mentioned, let me yeah, say this real yeah. quick. You mentioned the Will Anderson wrinkle. I asked him about that, right. playing the Cardinals, and they didn't draft him. He right. said, I'm so glad to be here. This is the perfect scenario, and I'd much rather be here than there. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. But yeah, who yeah. wouldn't? He right wouldn't. Now? With this who quarterback, wouldn't? what they got going, yeah. they moved the ball up and down the field. It was just the turnovers that hurt them. Stroud was still phenomenal. He's still in the MVP conversation. All right, your 25 second Monday night preview when PFT Live continues right after this. Maybe 30 seconds. Super Bowl 57 rematch tonight. The Eagles at the Chiefs. There have been rematches of a Super Bowl the next season eight prior times. The winner of the Super Bowl is 6-2 and two in the next season. I was trying rematch. to think of the two losses. I couldn't think of it. I know the Bills-Cowboys was one of them. 
the the Cowboys beat the Bills in 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 the 1992 Super Bowl. They came back week two, week two, and without Emmett Bills, and that exactly. broke the holdout. That out. broke, and they gave him the contract. Right? I thought of that. I couldn't think of the other one. I don't know off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, interesting stuff. You really are a football historian if you know both of those. <laughs> uh, anyway, tonight both teams. You got the off Chiefs. I got the Eagles. I got the Chiefs. You got the Eagles. Yep. Um, I don't have any Chiefs gear. I do have a Chiefs like rain jacket from years ago. Maybe I'll wear that tomorrow if the Chiefs win tonight. Uh, so I'm saying go Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid with his extra time to get ready, which hey, is always significant. It's awesome. At yeah. home. Both teams. Yeah. Offense trying to find its way. Last right. time we saw them, they scored 21 points in the first half against the Dolphins, Dolphins. And one was a yeah. long defensive touchdown. They had right. 14 points offensively in that game. First half, nothing in the second half and just held on. They're going to need a little more than that down the stretch. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. When a team goes on a bye, you just kind of forget they even exist. Right. And now, here they're back. Here they Chiefs are. and Eagles. Two best teams in football. Both forgotten last week. Both back. Uh, I, I mean, personal, right? The Eagles are going to go into this going, man, we could have should have beat them in the Super Bowl last year. They got no sacks. Let's go, How Chiefs. that's going to work? Don't let me down, right? Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs will play don't let me down, Chiefs. like this. Here we go, Don't Eagles. let me down, Chiefs. Fly, See you tomorrow. Fly. <laughs>